I'm Paige Waterhouse. I'm Nabil Rosa. From the Cavalier Daily, this is On Record. It's October, and that means it's time for university students to find housing and sign leases. That's right. And in this episode, we'll be covering topics from several recent articles about housing in Charlottesville. Right now, my friends and I are actually looking at off-grounds housing, but the options closer to grounds are kind of pricey. I hear that. I'm living off-grounds this year. Soon, though, rising second-year students may not have to worry about making the choice whether or not to live off-grounds at all. As detailed in a recent article by news editor Nick Popley, the university is currently considering a proposal to require students to live on grounds for their first two years. This is a part of University President Jim Ryan's 10-year strategic plan designed to make UVA the best public university by 2030. In an interview, Ryan told the Cavalier Daily that the requirement would solve challenges first-year students face in finding housing, allowing students to have the opportunity to meet people from all different walks of life and increase the residential learning experience of the students. Currently, all first-year students in 30 6% of second-year students live in university housing. However, university spokesperson Wes Hester noted that there is currently not a specific timeline for the second-year housing initiative, but it is a goal the university would like to implement in the next couple of years. As stated in Nick's article, Ryan also noted that the new requirement could play a role in helping alleviate the housing shortage in Charlottesville. The rate of homelessness in Charlottesville has nearly doubled in the past five years and disproportionately affects middle-aged adults and black citizens. On the issue, Ryan said, The basic reality is if there are fewer UVA students living in off-campus housing, that off-campus housing is going to be more available to people who are not UVA students, including those who work here. While this new requirement could contribute to the solutions of the problems in the community, logistical issues may make the construction of new housing difficult. Just last year, Bond House, an upperclassman living community, had construction difficulties due to snow, and some say the conditions there are still not ideal. News writer Annabelle Jones reported that despite students moving into Bond on August 25th, it was not until September 4th that furniture was placed in the study and lounge rooms of the building. As of September 4th, several laundry rooms and Bond's mailroom were out of order. Jones reported on the first mice sightings in Bond on September 11th. Second-year engineering student Samreen Azam told the Cavalier Daily that mice were spotted in the building as early as the first week. Upon reporting this problem, facilities gave residents poison traps for the rodents. In the same article, Jones reported on the construction of the first floor that continued well into the first month of classes. According to one resident, that construction had not yet developed into anything resembling a study room. Several Bond residents also experienced broken appliances in just the first few weeks of school. Second-year engineering student Xander Judge said, Each room varies from what I've heard with what appliance works and stuff like that. Like, my oven just didn't work, so they had to replace it with an electric one. Even as recent as September 25th, senior news writer Zach Rosenthal reported that sightings of mice continued in Bond. Second-year college student Uche Chima, who provided the Cavalier Daily with a video of the mouse in her apartment, said, I could not sleep knowing that there's a mouse in a brand new apartment. You should be more focused on your work than killing a mouse. We're not brought here to be exterminators. We're brought here to be students. Second-year college student and Bond resident Aaron Ensminger told Rosenthal that he felt the construction of the building was rushed by the university, stating that repairs are needed on a weekly basis. Ensminger said that he does not plan on living in Bond next year, citing that the $7,850 per academic year price tag is not worth it. The issue of housing is complicated. Students have to unpack who they're going to live with, 
how much it's going to cost, and what location is best. The university's plans of second-year housing could alleviate some of these stressors, but according to the students we've heard from, the current state of on-grounds housing has issues of its own. This is Nabil. And I'm Paige. And we're here with Nick, um, who wrote one of the articles on housing. Nick, can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Nick Popley. I'm a third-year student and uh, news editor for the Cav Daily. Thank you both for having me. Sure. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what your article was about? So the Cavalier Daily met with University President Jim Ryan in late September and asked him about the proposal that he talked about last year of requiring second-year students to live on grounds. So what has been the general reaction to your article? I think there's been a mixed reaction to it. I've looked at some of the comments on Facebook and on the article itself. You know, the basic fact is that first-year students have to look for housing within the first month that they get to grounds. So that can happen as early as September. I think a lot of students are frustrated with that. It adds a lot of stress to students. For a lot of first years, I think that they are reacting to this article positively. But at the same time, I think a lot of parents and a lot of community members have different reactions to it. Sure. So besides the like rush for housing aspect of it, what has been the reaction about what Jim Ryan said about the effect on the housing market? You know, in Charlottesville, there's been a large conversation about affordable housing. You know, the rush for housing in early September causes a sort of a stress on the market. And this, you know, this shortage of housing makes it especially difficult for low-wage employees in the city to find cost-effective housing. And last August, President Jim Ryan's community working group named affordable housing as their number two priority behind jobs and air, uh, jobs and wages. This is definitely an issue that the university is thinking about. It's definitely something that the university is, is attempting to solve, and I think this could be possibly one solution to increasing the housing supply for non-UVA students. Nick, what is the proposed timescale for this plan? Yeah, so university spokesperson Wes Hester kind of gave me a little bit of an an overview of that, and he said that basically the UVA is is thinking about this as a long-term project. It's not something that we're going to see next year. President Ryan even said university can't just snap their fingers and create residential communities for students. So if it does happen, it probably won't be within the next five to 10 years. Again, this is part of the university's 10-year strategic plan, uh, which is designed to make UVA the best public university by the year 2030. How does the university's current roommate selection system that you mentioned earlier and the early application process for second-year housing hinder the diversity of the living environments that are on and around grounds? Yeah, it's a great question. When I uh, interviewed uh, the university spokesperson, Wes Hester, I made sure to ask, how many students are there that request roommates of the class of 2023? And uh, he said 61% of incoming first-year students specified a preferred roommate on their housing application, which is a pretty large number compared to a lot of other universities. A lot of students at UVA obviously come from similar high schools in the state of Virginia. And from what I've gathered, that uh, implies that students will segregate by race and, ge- and geography and socioeconomic background. As Jim Ryan kind of hinted at, the entire goal of, of coming to college is to learn from new perspectives. So the proposed plan to have students fill out a survey or a questionnaire instead of selecting their roommates Uh, could potentially increase uh, understanding of diverse perspectives. So would you say that, um, which is the bigger priority here? Is it encouraging diverse residential spaces or uh, relieving the housing market? The goal here is probably to just create residential communities. Uh, It appears that was the plan that is included in Jim Ryan's 10-year strategic plan. Again, none of this is set in stone. This is all talk right now. This is the universities uh, having 
preliminary discussions on this, uh, and no resolution will be made for another for you know a few more years. Nick, will you be following this story more closely um, so that in the future we can get updates on the university's plan and other comments from Jim Ryan? Yes, of course. I think one of the comments that a lot of people have expressed is where are these students going to be housed? You know, if UVA is planning to increase, you know, on-grounds housing to second years uh, as a requirement, then current options just don't exist. Uh, a lot of students are wondering, you know, what's that going to mean for my family who pays the tuition and pays, you know, you know, the housing bills, which can be pretty expensive. So I think that's something that we'll definitely try to follow up on to see if UVA plans to create more on-grounds housing options for students and what they can do to alleviate the cost. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. In order to gain more perspective on the housing issue, me and Paige sat down with two professors of the School of Architecture, Professor Mona El-Khafif and Professor Ellen Bassett. My name is Ellen Bassett, and I am a professor and the chair of the Department of Urban Environmental Planning at the School of Architecture at the University of Virginia. So one of the reasons President Ryan's requiring or providing more second-year housing on grounds is to kind of alleviate some of the pressures on the local housing market. Do you think that there is a lack of housing because of university students or that university students are, are contributing to? And do you think this constitutes kind of a local housing crisis in this way? Hmm, that's interesting. So. I mean, Charlottesville does have an affordable housing problem. It's pretty big. And in fact, if you, as you're driving to D.C., for instance, and you'll see all of the sort of new housing that Albemarle County and the next county over, they're building a lot of townhomes that are actually providing a lot of affordable housing for people who work in the university. So one of the reasons we actually have pretty lousy traffic and town the size of Charlottesville is because so much commuting behavior is taking place. So I think it's fair to say that there's a lot well-placed, desirable location housing that is now student housing. So this housing issue that we're having in Charlottesville, could you speak at all, do you think this is just an issue in Charlottesville or this is something that's reflected in college towns across the country? Oh yeah. I mean, we have a a major affordable housing crisis across the United States, but college towns may feel it more acutely. Um, There's some interesting market dynamics, I think, in your average college town. One is you have this pool of students, and so think of them as would-be tenants who, no choice, right? They've got to rent. You need to find a place to, to live, and that does, in fact, some ways escalate have not done a study of it, but your average college town, you probably pay higher rents than you might find in a community that had maybe more transitional people or less sort of built up demand. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think when you look across the United States to other college towns, they have very uh, similar issues that are out there. And I think, and I don't know the exact numbers on this, but when I think of larger R1s or state schools, they often do provide more housing than we have historically done. And so I think that's you know, there's definitely a linkage and college towns like other parts of the United States have an affordable housing crisis. So do you think that um, housing that would be freed up due to more on-grounds housing would actually go to locals or do you think it would kind of not solve the problem directly? Well, it's hard to predict what the owners of those units would do, right? So if you have a lot of housing over on 14th and Wortland and some of those neighborhoods that are some single-family housing that's been broken up, some has been demoed, and now we have a lot of apartment structures in there. It's hard to predict what the owners might do. From my own point of view, if a lovely old Foursquare were to open up that was a student house that I could come in and, you know, take down to the studs and repurpose and make into, bring it back to its glory, I'd be very interested. That said, I don't really want to live in the middle of students, right? So I think it would really depend on how, I can't predict how the market would react, but there is clearly 
housing in good locations that I think people would be interested in. What I'm actually more curious for you guys is, would you be interested to live on grounds to continue into a second year? That would be, you know, what is student demand for this? Is it something that would be very attractive to the student body? Another one of the reasons that President Ryan stated for his proposal is kind of the phenomenon we have now of students being able to select their own roommates and then going on to live with the same people for the rest of their university career. Do you think that writing more on-grounds housing and then also randomizing the roommate selection process would Mm -hmm. help students get Mm -hmm. to know people from other you know, lifestyles, mm-hmm. races, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you, do you think that kind of contributes mm-hmm. to the ideals of the university? Yeah, I think it totally contributes to the ideals of the university. And I think we really want to get out of our bubbles. I mean, so much of our lives are spent in bubbles, right? Growing up in a certain community. And then when you come to university, I think the university, like the military, right, is like the place where you probably see the most opportunity for mixing. So I know when I, so I was an undergraduate at the University of Michigan, I moved into a dorm room about the size of my office, and there were three of us crammed in there. And it was fantastic, because I had no idea who the other two women were, you know, got to know them. I know this is not the way dorms are now, but just walking down the hallway in my bathrobe, going to bathrooms and showers, there was a lot of mixing. I got to know a lot of people. And so I'm actually all for the social experiment of randomization, getting people to know each other, trying something different so that you also broaden your worldview, meet people that you might not otherwise meet before you go off and into the rest of your life. We talked to uh, Professor Mel Khafif. She mentioned uh, kind of the idea that she would be interested in kind of an experiment where different levels of students live together, so like grad students living with undergrads, law students, et cetera. Do you think that's kind of like a a similar idea that you think would turn out interesting? Yeah, it's interesting. I would think it would be possibly very positive because you're also learning how people are making decisions about their career paths, what they're liking about what they're doing, how they've moved through different paths and study in terms of future actions and future career paths. I do worry a little bit that there might be different objectives about sort of, you know, just thinking about, I keep going back to this terrible term lifestyle, but you know, quiet time or a need to study. But I know that for me, when I was an undergrad, it was really fantastic to meet grad students and talk to them about what they were up to and really think about why they were studying the way they were, how they made it to where they were. And so that could be a very interesting possibility I'm not sure that graduate student housing has actually been part of our broader conversation at this point, but it could be something that might be folded in. I'd like to return briefly to our conversation on the Charlottesville housing crisis, if that's okay. So do you think students, faculty, residents of Charlottesville have any agency whatsoever in creating solutions to this problem or furthering discussions about the issue, or it's all in the hands of administration and university and the Charlottesville government? Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, the university is an incredibly important actor locally because we are the biggest employer. And I think a really positive working relationship with the city is very important. But indeed, when it comes to who's impacting housing, of course, it's the employees of the university and and the student body themselves. I think to the extent that students are very interested in expressing housing needs and wants, that would be really terrific. I think it's, if there's another party we're not talking about, right, which is the private sector, You know, private sector really does the development here. And so they are responding to what they see as market demand. So you see what's going up in West Main, right? We've got the relatively fancy apartments that are going in there. I think in some ways, people who've been living in those units, they aren't really what the development community anticipated, right? There's quite a bit of, apparently, hospital staff, whatnot, living in places like the flats and those sort of places because of their proximity to the hospital. So I think it'd be very interesting for students to really 
participate in a thought about, yeah, what what would a Charlottesville for your housing needs look like? What would you want to see? I assume that you know greater on-grounds housing would be part of the mix, but we know that there's certainly an interaction between what the private sector is doing, the private market, and what the university can offer. Even the issue of the sorority and fraternity houses is part of it as well, right? I mean, those are very important housing opportunities for our students as well. And so the question about what role they will play is also, I think, interesting to think about. We're here talking with Professor Mona El-Kafif from the School of Architecture. My name is Mona Al-Kafif. I'm an associate professor at the School of Architecture in the Department of Architecture and in the Department of Urban Environmental Planning, and I'm also the director of the Urban Design Certificate. So um, one of the ideas behind President Ryan's proposal is that some of the housing that is going to be freed up from the second year students or from older students would then go into the local housing market. Do you think that's actually realistic? Do you think that locals would end up occupying spaces that students had previously occupied in off-grounds housing, or do you think that that space will remain a student space? Well, I think we simply have to do the math, right? So that there are not more students suddenly. When students are moving out, it's not automatically filling up with students again. And hopefully, yes, Charlotte's Villers or local residents would move into these apartment complexes. This is a question if uh, this is also an assignment for urban regeneration, for example. I mean, student complexes, and we probably need to look at an urban plan to be more specific, but what are the, the specific infrastructures that had been maybe put in place for students or the la- way how apartments had been laid out because roommate living is different than having a family. So we need to look into the specifics of it and uh, maybe it has to be re-identified and needs a little bit of redesign, but in general I would say why shouldn't this be also an option for local residents? You talked about the contrast between returning to the historical tradition that Jefferson promoted of students and faculty living on grounds versus when students live off grounds it allows them to become informed citizens and learn how to be respectful neighbors. Do you think it's more important that students learn how to become citizens in real residential communities or that we return back to the historical tradition of faculty and students living on grounds together? You know, it's a very interesting question because despite me being a faculty, I believe I'm a normal resident. So there is this, if it's truly Jefferson's idea, you have to look at the plan of the lawn because And if you look at the spatial sequence, it's not that the faculty all live here and the students all live there. It's actually a community that maybe represents a kind of urban condition because it's actually mixed. And you also have to consider the original time when it was set in place and how small the university was. This was a university. The university grew tremendously. And you have to consider numbers here, right? So maybe the original model that Jefferson developed can't be translated one-to-one because we have now bigger schools, more schools, and also much more students. When I understand the article correctly or the initiative correctly, it's not about turning suddenly all students, undergrad and grad, into uh, residents of universities, housing facilities, but it's extending it to the second year. So if this takes off the stress on the housing market and if the university also takes over more mentorship in these housing models so that students can learn the good neighborhood in their own facilities even better. So um, when you know, Jefferson was setting up this community, I don't know if um, 
this was necessarily an issue, but uh, what tends to happen now with students, um, especially with the roommate selection, they're able to select people they want to live with um, in their first year, and then they go on to go to off-campus housing with those same people, which leads to less diverse living communities. Um, do you think that uh, providing a randomized roommate selection or more sort of mixed communities even within on-campus housing would be is something else that President Ryan has mentioned. You think that's also kind of contributing to this idea of being a good neighbor and learning to live with different people? I totally believe if you integrate the second year that you want to have a kind of random diversification, for example, that you bring together different disciplines and that you bring together, I mean, ideally it would be different age groups like the undergrad and the grad living together because the grad students are usually a little bit more mature and they can teach. It's a kind of mentorship situation. Yes, I, I find a diversification is really would be important. That's all for this week. I'm Nabil Raza. And I'm Paige Waterhouse. And this has been On Record.